Today's reading comes from Luke chapter 13, from verse 10 to verse 17, Um, starting on page 1046 of the Church Bibles. On a Sabbath, Jesus was teaching in one of the synagogues, and a woman was there who had been crippled by a spirit for 18 years. She was bent over and could not straighten up at all. When Jesus saw her, he called her forward and said to her, Woman, you are set free from your infirmity. Then he put his hands on her, and immediately she straightened up and praised God. Indignant because Jesus had healed on the Sabbath, the synagogue ruler said to the people, There are six days for work, so come and be healed on those days, not on the Sabbath. The Lord answered him, You hypocrites! Doesn't each of you on the Sabbath untie his ox or donkey from the stall and lead it out to give it to water? Then should not this woman, a daughter of Abraham, whom Satan has kept bound for 18 long years, be set free on the Sabbath day from what bound her? When he said this, all his opponents were humiliated, but the people were delighted with all the wonderful things he was doing. Let's pray. Holy Spirit, we acknowledge our need of you in these moments. As we reflect on healing and on Sabbath and on Jesus, we pray. Spirit, would you do the work that only you can do amongst us today? Lord, as we sit here, you know what each individual needs from these words. Minister to us, we pray. Amen. So I know I've said this a lot in the past 18 months, but one of the joys and the things I don't like about preaching through the lectionary Uh, is coming across passages that you would otherwise choose not to preach on. Uh, And I'm full confession here uh, that I frequently shy away from preaching on healing. Uh, And it's come up in the lectionary, so God's got something in mind, I'm sure. But the reason that I frequently shy away from preaching on healing is because of this. (laughs) Because of this... Uh, incredible variety of experiences, of understanding, of teaching that there has been on healing for so long uh, through the church, uh, a church with a capital C. And our understanding of healing will vary hugely based on our experiences of it, our upbringing, the cultures we've been brought up in, our understanding of scripture and how scripture has been taught to us. Um, But also as a pastor, as somebody who cares for people deeply, I know that for every amazing story of healing, there's 10 of not seeing it. And that makes it really hard to preach on. Because you want to stand here in faith and say, oh, God heals and he does heal and he will heal and all those things I absolutely believe. But I know we've lost people we've desperately prayed for to be healed and they haven't been healed. 
at least not in the way that we would like them to be healed. Uh, Because there's no doubt that if they know Jesus, they are walking in healing now (laughs) and freedom now. And so it's really hard as a pastor to preach on the subject of healing because of this diversity, because of this variety, because of these different experiences. There will be joyous stories of healing in this room, I know. And there will be stories of pain of where we've not seen it happen. And somehow God in his amazing beautiful love and compassion is able to hold all of us in that and say okay let's just look at this one story of healing and see what God can reveal through this because the reality is we've just here got some words about healing but understandings of healing or understandings of actually why people get ill even are massively varied in the church There'll be uh, those who believe wholeheartedly that every ailment and illness is of the enemy and therefore we need to pray against it. There'll be others who don't necessarily believe that line of theology. Uh, In this particular passage, it is very clearly laid out as a spirit, but that's just in this particular passage. There are those who will believe that that all illness uh, is just a fact of a fallen, broken world and illness is a part of life and we just have to accept that it's part of life. Uh, There'll be those who believe in in the doctors being a provision from God and those who don't think they are. Uh, Sadly, that is a belief that people have. And and there are all kinds of different opinions. There'll be those who believe that signs and wonders and healings, miraculous healings, are purely for the purpose of evangelism. That actually it's just from the witness point of view and therefore God won't heal those uh, if they've already been saved. And uh, these are true theologies that are there. They exist, they're real, and may even be in this room. And that's okay because there's so much teaching on healing there's so many things to unpack and to try to understand but sometimes you read something about healing or about illness particularly and it it can break your heart There, there was one story I heard of somebody who felt that God had called them to do something and they didn't do it and then six months later they got ill And they thought the illness was a punishment from God for ignoring him. That's not the God I know. That's not the Jesus I know. But it's a belief that people hold. And one thing we know for sure, as we've already discovered, healing is so much bigger than just being set free from a physical ailment, isn't it? It's so much more than just the physical There is the the healing of the mind, the soul, the body. And when you look at healing that Jesus offers, particularly, I love the way that that Davina asked that. When you see Jesus healing, what do you see about how he does it? What do you see about how he operates and how he works and how he walks and how he listens and all of those things that Jesus does? And one thing we know when we look at the original language, that when Jesus heals somebody, genuinely heals somebody, the word that's used is the Greek word sozo. I know I've used it before but it literally means to be saved and set free. That when you see the word healed, that the man was healed, the word you have is he is saved and set free. Now sometimes that will involve a physical healing. And and majority of time with Jesus it does, but not always. Because there is a sozo and a healing, I believe, that Jesus is seeking for the Pharisees as well in this story. Because both the woman and the Pharisees, are the leader, religious leaders, are equally in bondage. 
And Jesus wants to set them free. And so he uses this moment as an incredible teaching moment. I mean, the miracle itself is remarkable. This woman has been bent over, as in unable to walk upright, for 18 years. And she's just almost, you also, as you picture the scene, you kind of almost imagine it just, she's just walking past the synagogue. She's not asking Jesus for healing. She hasn't approached him to saying, Jesus, will you heal me? But Jesus just sees her in the middle of the religious leaders doing their thing in, in the synagogue. And Jesus stops and he prays for her healing. And she stands upright. Now, for those who would have seen her around that, like with most of Jesus' miracles, would have been mind-blowing. This woman has been bent over for 18 years and here she is standing up straight, walking free in front of us. That's got to be incredible and quite a thing to witness that would have changed the, the view of some people's view of Jesus. But the remarkable thing about this is that what grabs the attention of the religious leaders is not the healing that's just happened in front of them. It's the fact that Jesus dared to do it on the Sabbath. How dare he? How dare this Jesus guy who's claiming to be the Messiah, how dare he break the Sabbath by doing a healing? That's what gets their attention. Not the healing itself, but the fact that Jesus dared to do it on the Sabbath. And we see Jesus turn this around uh, into one of the most important teachable moments, I think, for the Pharisees and for us today in this particular moment. Because what he then turns to says them and says, surely even on the Sabbath day, if your ox or your, your ass is, is thirsty, you lead them away to water. That is a form of work, isn't it? Like it's, You're supposed to do no work, but even you uh, on the Sabbath day, there is an element in which you do things for those who are in need. And almost it kind of feels like, I noticed this morning, it feels like Jesus is kind of saying to them, you're treating this woman worse than you treat your animals. You're treating her even worse than you treat them. But actually that was quite common thinking within, within Sabbath day. So if, if there was a Jew who was extremely dangerously sick on the Sabbath, you, you would break the Sabbath rules in order to get them the help that they need. If it's a Gentile, however, no chance. They've got to wait till tomorrow. And Jesus is kind of saying, I think, to the, the, peop, the religious leaders here, as much as I admire your devotion to Sabbath and devotion to keeping the Sabbath and ensuring that other people keep the Sabbath, there's something you're missing. Something fundamental that you are missing. Something that is holding you as bound as this woman has been for 18 years. Because the thing I find about when you read through the Old Testament, or what we have as the Old Testament, what these religious leaders would have had as their scriptures, it's perfectly reasonable to come to the conclusion that they came. It's perfectly reasonable to look at Sabbath and to realise that it's holy. It's one of the Ten Commandments, probably the one we most often break. Uh, and to look at that and to say, we need to keep that as holy. We need to keep that as sacred. And so what we're going to do is, in order to make sure that everybody keeps the Sabbath properly, we're going to put some rules and regulations in place and make it very clear what you can and can't do on the Sabbath. And so over time, rules and regulations are added to what, what God originally gave the people, and it becomes this thing that is, is sacrosanct, is sacred, is holy. 
And so what these people, uh, that these religious leaders are simply wanting to do is to ensure that that remains the case. And here is Jesus claiming to be a Jew, healing on the Sabbath, essentially working on the Sabbath. And it's not right. And it's easy to do that if for you the story of Sabbath begins in Leviticus and onwards and and beyond there. But if your story of Sabbath begins with creation, there's a very, very different picture that's formed as to what and who Sabbath is for. And Sabbath is of huge importance to every single one of us in this room. And as I said, probably the commandment we most often break. I'm not judging anyone by saying that, because I'm guilty of it too. And I just want to share just a few brief things about Sabbath that I've found helpful. And the reason I'm sharing this is because I think this is what Jesus is wanting to remind, or to open the eyes of the religious leaders to see, that Sabbath, is about relationship. Above all else, Sabbath is an invitation to relationship. It's a gift as well as an obligation. We have a wonderful phrase that we use, I think, during communion in the liturgy, where it says it is our duty and our joy. I love that. It doesn't talk about Sabbath, but I think I love applying that to Sabbath as well. It is our duty and our joy Jesus practiced the Sabbath himself, and so if our goal as apprentices of Jesus is to be with him, to be like him and do what he does, then it needs to be important to us as well. Sabbath is uh, traditionally uh, practiced as a 24-hour period, uh, from sunset to sunset, I think. Uh, And in the Jewish calendar, this is very important, it's at the start of the week, not the end of it. We work from the place of rest. That's how it was designed to be. Sabbath is an opportunity for us to remember and to learn that the world does not depend on us. Healing does not depend on us. Sabbath is an invitation to delight in God. Therefore, Sabbath can be and should also be quite fun. There's a difference, however, between Sabbath and a day off. Binging Netflix is not Sabbath. I'm sorry to disappoint you. Delighting in Jesus is Sabbath. I imagine that this woman in this story walked away delighting in Jesus. That's Sabbath. Jesus wasn't working, he was inviting. Inviting her to know that relationship and that joy. Sabbath is a spiritual practice, therefore we need to practice it. Jesus is Lord of the Sabbath, meaning that ultimately every Sabbath rest is about him and for him. Sabbath is also a good preparation for the new heaven and new earth because it's what we're going to be enjoying for eternity. Hebrews talks about us entering Sabbath rest. The week begins with Sabbath, as I said, so we flow from that place. It can be hard to achieve, but it is always worth it. I have never, ever had a Sabbath and regretted it afterwards. I have missed a Sabbath and regretted it hugely. 
Sabbath is always worth it. It won't ever happen by accident. We need to be intentional about making time for it. And studies have even shown that those who practice the Sabbath regularly live seven years longer. (laughs) Our bodies need Sabbath. We were not designed to work every hour that God sends our way. And if you don't find Sabbath rest, one way or another, Sabbath rest will find you. Because in Sabbath and in healing is an invitation to relationship. Jesus in this story and in this moment is setting people free, is providing sozo healing, not just for the woman caught in bondage with her crippledness, but for those who have taken something that was intended for relationship, put so many rules around it that it has in itself become a form of bondage. And he's wanting to break those chains and set them free with an invitation to himself. An invitation, as we said at the beginning of the service, to come as you are. Come and know, come and be known, come and see, come and be seen by the God who loves you. That is true healing. Whether or not physical healing comes, and I I do believe in physical healing, I'm, I'm making that very clear, I believe Jesus does heal and I've seen him do incredible things. I wish at times I had more faith to pray for healing. And one of the things that's wonderful about leading a church is I know there are people here with that gift. I know there are people here with far more authority to speak on this than I have. Because you have the gift of praying for healing and seeing it happen. And we want to encourage that so much. But I want to be sure also that we don't make seeking the healing bigger in our lives than seeking the healer. I don't want our desire, even for Sabbath, to become bigger than seeking the Lord of the Sabbath. Sabbath is where we spend the most time with him. It's definitely worth doing. And something I think we probably will be exploring as a church moving on. But I think as we... We're praying for this morning. Davina and I were praying for this morning. The thing that just seems to jump out from this passage is that invitation of Jesus to relationship. And in that relationship, you find freedom from whatever is holding you captive. Whether it's something you've constructed, whether it's something that other people have put on you, whether it's something that circumstances have surrounded you with, Jesus wants to break the bondage. And I'm firmly trusting and believing that he wants to do that for people today. That today is the day of some people's freedom. And it's not found in a particular thing. It's found in him. In drawing near to him. So as we worship, we're going to give space and time to do that um we're open to what god wants to do we're we're just going to be just say okay god do what you want to do amongst us but the the songs that we're singing the things that we're doing are focusing us on jesus turning our eyes to the healer 
and to the Lord of the Sabbath. And in that place, he may bring healing for people this morning. And we're willing to pray for that. He may bring wholeness to somebody this morning or salvation or freedom from bondage. Whatever he wants to do, I just want to invite you to have open hearts this morning. Open hearts and open lives for what he wants to do in our midst as we sing, as we praise, as we declare, as we wait, as we pray. Whatever you need, he has it. Whatever you need, he has it.